Welcome to Breaking Bread. I'm Terry Page. Technology continues to evolve and with it, criminals trying to get your money. Most recently in the news, your credit card number being posted on the internet. If you haven't been paying attention, you should check your credit card statement. Even our legislators aren't immune to scrupulous behavior of hackers. Just days ago, the Congressional Health um, Program fell victim to these bad actors. Although it's been around since November, the discussion surrounding ChatGPT continues to heat up. During today's show, we will find out why criminals love it so much. With us to give his take on these topics, plus a little extra, is Break It Bread contributor Shadow. Shadow, welcome. It's a pleasure to break bread with you today. It's a pleasure to have the bread broken with me today. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, at the top here, we talked about a number of um, store items, but one that caught my eye here, the government health insurance being hacked. So you're looking at our legislators, members of Congress. They suffered a significant data breach, and that affected hundreds of members and staff in Capitol Hill. How could this happen how could they have better uh, protected themselves? And what does it mean for the rest of us? So I'm not really sure about the details of how it happened, but it's more about that it did. Truthfully, no system is secure. It doesn't matter if it is a corporation or it running something. It doesn't matter if I have a website running out of a server or a computer in my home or a government doing the exact same thing. It's all the same. It's technology trying to make something available for a purpose. And the more available something is, especially the more features it has, the less secure it is going to be. So the how, honestly, I'm not exactly sure on how that happened, but as far as protecting ourselves and as far as seeing, the important part in this situation is really seeing just how widespread this attack was, right? Because this was a lot of health records and things like that. So we need to figure out really how far is the impact? What's the spread of this? But as far as how it happened, I'm not really sure on the details. I don't even think there are publicly released details about that yet. There isn't. You know, we're just looking at, to me, hackers could pretty much go where they want to. And they're probably thinking, hey, the legislators, let's go for it. You know, I will say now the Hill, they um, they have confirmed that the investigation is ongoing. So maybe we'll get some answers at some point because I mentioned it's just was days ago. But uh, the members are asked to check the credit card statements and just to make sure everything is where it needs to be. Just to take some precaution against fraud because they want to avoid being a victim of financial fraud, including maybe some type of um, two factor authorization. Wouldn't you recommend that? Uh, of course, I would recommend two-factor, and it's not infallible. There are even some issues with uh, multi-factor authentication, but it's better than nothing. Uh, in short, though, even though I'm not saying, oh, don't check your credit card information, don't check your records and all that type of stuff, of course you should always do that, even if you aren't under suspicion of being under attack. It doesn't always work. Not every single attacker, not every single... Not every single hacker is going to instantly start purchasing TVs with your credit card as soon as they get the information. Most of the time, the initial people, the initial people who do this, in fact, I think, I think what a lot of people outside of the field don't understand is that there's an entire market with this type of stuff. It is a, it is a, a sub economy, right? 
typically someone, and I mean someone because it is very, very broad, but let's say uh, Hacker Group 1 is contracted to get some information out of, let's say, a government health, uh, government health records or whatever, right? It could be, you know, a whole bunch of different reasons. And then that hacker for hire group does exactly that. They grab these records and then maybe they sell them online, right? Sometimes people get double crossed because of course this is all unethical business and they say, oh, well now that we have them, we're gonna put them online for a higher bidder, right? Maybe they do give them to the original bidder and things like that. In this case, sometimes, uh, in most cases, people are having them sold, right? And it's touted online, hey, I have a bunch of credit cards and stuff like that, they're all valid. Here's a credit card so that way you can see that it's valid and recent and stuff like that. And then some random person who had no nothing to do with it, right? They didn't commission the hack. They didn't perform it. They just buy it, right? And they buy the credit card information. They may use it to create stolen identities. They may actually sell it to more people or sell them individually. We have no idea. So just saying not every single person who steals your credit card information, if you are affected by something like this... It doesn't mean that people are going to just start purchasing stuff immediately. Here, Okay, here's what I'm getting from your answer. A couple of items I got from that. First of all, it's well orchestrated. For example, the first person to take your information may not be the person who ultimately will use it down the road. Down the road may be six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. You may not have known you've even been hacked. And using it looks a lot different. Exactly. If it is if it is financial data, such as maybe your credit card or debit card information, they may use that information, but they may not use it to, again, purchase that shiny new TV for themselves. They may use it to open up a line of credit. They may use it to look legitimate for a citizenship in another country that you've never been to. Using your credit card information is a lot more ambiguous than people might imagine in their first when they're first thinking about it. A lot of people say, "Oh man, my money, my money." But truthfully, the data is more more, more valuable. It's more valuable, exactly. So, uh, again, using it, it looks very different than what you might think. In fact, if someone's just using it to buy a bunch of pizzas for themselves or whatever they may do, truthfully, they've probably lost out on the value of the you know the. What they really have over you. Yeah, because, um, yeah, you could buy pizza and enjoy it today, but you can buy an identity and identity sit on a beach for a lifetime. And feast. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. Uh, it's it's a little bit... It's it's a little bit more advanced in credit monitoring at this point. And like you said, your, your assumption is correct. The same person who's taking your information isn't always the same person who is uh, actually utilizing it and stuff like that i mean a lot of people don't know they still have that uh what's it hacker in the basement type of idea of what these people are no, hacker in the dark basement yeah i mean it's <clears throat> it's really it's a lot more advanced than that i mean some ransom ransomware uh organizations are exactly that organizations complete with total call centers and things like that and customer support <laughs> It's crazy that some companies have called to pay or negotiate their ransom 
and always negotiate the ransom if possible and try to not pay it. But yeah. And, well, and we've the, seen a couple examples of that. We've seen hospitals uh, right. being victim of that. They have your medical records, Colonial Pipeline. Yeah. They ended up paying. And here's the thing it's, 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 it's like you said, it's well organized. Yeah, you pay the hackers. Yeah, they got customer service. You know, I, I thank you for calling uh, Hackers Anonymous. How may I be of assistance? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, oh, you have you? my information. Could you give it back to me, please? Oh, are you ID number 23249? <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, that's me. Okay. Let me pull yeah. you up here. Seems like you owe us 17 Bitcoin. Is that correct? Yeah, no, that, that really does happen. So it's a lot more advanced. Thank you for your payment. We'll send you verification. Yep. Pleasure doing business with you, and we'll do it again next year. Yeah. That's the scariest part. So it's a lot more advanced and orchestrated than people really give it credit for outside of the industry. A lot of people inside the industry, we understand, oh, yes, this is an entire business working in the shadows. Some people still have the idea that this is just a small group of people. Or no, it's a small group. Yeah, it's a large group going on. And I have to mention, if you do have to call the customer service line, you'd be happy to know they don't put you on hold or, or through all those different props. They, no, it actually They is. pick right up. Got to appreciate the customer service on that one. But, yeah, you mentioned uh, some items, uh, actually, Shadow, in terms of it being well orchestrated and what happens with that. That brings us to our next story, the Biden cash They've got it under the Biden name. Now, just to be clear, this is not affiliated with the president. This is just what they put online. So essentially what they do is they take your credit card and they post it online for the world to see. So rather than keep it under wraps, what they do, those bad actors, they advertise their massive leak on the underground cybercrime forum because they want you to know. Isn't that crazy? Right. They they steal this information, you know, hacker group A. Uh, they may be known as APTs or sometimes FIN groups, F-I-N. Uh, you know, there's FIN, maybe different numbers after them, uh, FIN 26, etc. And, or APTs, it just depends. Uh, advanced persistent threats, by the way, are typically more in the political interest side of the field where FIN groups or financially motivated APTs are exactly that. They're financially motivated, so... Uh, while they may do some cash damage, they're not, you know, trying to create a new world regime or anything like that. But yeah, and then they post it online, they, they advertise and they say, hey, who will pay me the most for this credit card information? Who will pay me the most for this bank's uh, proprietary data? They don't, again, they don't care what you do with it. They just want the cash for it. Yeah, they just want that that piece of it. And the crazy part about it, this was in celebration of the one year anniversary. And I'm going to read what they posted. And I quote, we are thrilled to have reached our first year anniversary as our online store. And we couldn't have done it without your support. Thank you for choosing our store and for trusting us to provide you with quality products and excellent service. That's what the announcement read. Okay. Yeah. So kind of that, again, that marketing piece in this case. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and again, you know, this Biden cash, they, it's an organization. This is literally a business that just pretty much happens to be doing illegal things. These, some of these people, I mean, they, they have worked in, you know, high level businesses and things before. So they know the organizational structure. They uh, literally have payroll. I'm not kidding. So it's. Oh yeah. It's a whole, it's a, it's a company. If you would, the whole thing. And, you know, and we're talking 
all your stuff, you know, your your email address, your your, your full name, social security number. I mean, all, all those, the items that are, that are personal to you, they're well, getting yeah, it. And then just get a new email address, full name, and social security number. There you go. Now, I will point out, this is also the first time that um, Biden Cash has used free credit card leaks for promotion. But the point is, they did they did use it. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that it's the fact that it's still even available after a year, you know what I mean, just shows how hard it is to track down. Because yes, these organizations do have websites, but it's not as simple as just finding the hosting provider and then shutting down the website. Because sometimes they may, uh, they may roll their well. What I mean by that is they may uh, their website may pop up in one place digitally and then pop up in a different place digitally so that way they can't be caught as easily so you know their customers know hey if this link is down try this one or something like that um but yeah and law law enforcement has to find out all this new stuff and uh it's almost like having different isp every time yeah some of them do use different isps all over the world and stuff like that if they can afford to do that depending on how their operation works on the back end uh there was one that was shut down by the fbi like years ago i think it was called silk road actually and yeah it was a really really big one where they sold all types of stuff from narcotics to ammunition to uh just really munitions and just anything you whatever just any any illegal item you can think of that's what they sold and it was a long it was a long long thing and uh i remember now reading about it it was a uh, it was a big, big sting operation, and they had to get a bunch of people on the inside, but eventually they did shut it down. But it's harder than you might think to shut down these online marketplaces, and that's why they can celebrate uh, you know, one year of great service or, yeah, I would think so, or else five years of great service. That's why they keep doing it. It's, it's, it's almost nearly impossible. Yeah, Law enforcement are like two, three, four steps behind them. Well, and, and, and just from a breaking bread listener, just so we're clear on, on what Shadow is saying, you can have a credit card right now that has been exposed and you just not know it. Yeah, so, I mean, there's nothing that I can do to prove that my credit card has not been, you know, taken advantage of. There's no way I can really prove that. Because uh, you could be using it right now with no problem, right? Right, exactly. Uh, so that that that's completely it's hard to track right there are some things that i do to make it more difficult for people to steal my information uh one thing it's called privacy.com privacy.com is pretty much a let's see they use virtual credit cards so whenever you are trying to sign maybe you're trying to buy something off of maybe a website that's a little sketchy or you don't trust it or even you have a uh, what's it called the free trial services typically people do this for streaming services or things like that but yeah if you have a free trial and you have to put in credit card information but you know you want to make sure that you cancel it before and you have to go through that hassle oh they'll charge you that that the yeah, same day that you're supposed to day 30 yeah exactly boom right uh but privacy.com and this is not an ad read it's just something that i personally use uh you do have to you do have to connect your your card on the back end but basically the card the credit card information that you give is generated by privacy.com and you can preload it with only let's say $20 worth of cash right and so when that $20 worth of cash 
you know runs out it doesn't go over into your card it doesn't go over into your account or anything like that you just pay privacy and then they will create a card that you manage in your account and stuff like that uh, I used to use that a lot I'm pretty sure it's still a thing that's a pretty good one to protect your information and uh, yeah, I'm so, all for that yeah that's a pretty good one I know it used to be free again lots and lots of things change so I'm not really sure but yeah it's called privacy.com so pretty easy to remember privacy.com you're listening to Shadow on Breaking Bread. Uh, some of the advice that's out there, Shadow, is um, check your credit card statement. Yeah. Just make sure there's no suspicious activity. Sign up for alerts. You mentioned that a little bit earlier mm-hmm. as far as that goes. What advice would you give people, just as you just mentioned, you, you sign up for some type of reoccurring payment. What advice would you give to people as far as having auto pay each month? Auto pay? Yeah, like it, you automatically have... Something charged to your card. I mean, there's, I don't understand. In a security context? Well, I know. I, w- I would say maybe just have people make sure that that's not being hacked. I mean, if it's supposed to be, you know, nineteen ninety nine a month, make sure it's still nineteen ninety nine a month. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'll just say I've never heard of a scam related to that. I mean, and more than likely, if it does go from nineteen ninety nine a month to... You know, twenty four ninety nine a month. It could just be the company upcharging you as well. <laughs> well, that's so, true. Now, I here's, mean, here's what happened. That also happens. I haven't heard it so much lately, but I remember hackers would maybe go in and maybe charge you a dollar. Oh, that yeah, that happens. And, and, and see if you noticed. Yeah. You know, and they'll do it like periodically to see because you know there's a lot of people who don't check their their statement. They just pay the bill. That is true. And that that's who true. you're looking for. So that's oh. that was my point with the auto pay. It's like, well, how often are you checking? That is true. Oh, fun fact. This is, uh, and I probably will butcher this story, but there was uh, there were some people that basically did that, but they did it at a much more uh, grandiose level. And they would they knew that big software companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook. Uh, they have a lot of bills and they have a lot of contractors. So they basically did some illegal things and got the uh, the scheme, the format of what it looked like when they had a contractor invoices, mm-hmm. you know, coming into them and stuff like that. And of course, these are literally companies with billions of dollars. So they would just pay their invoice invoices and they'd send it to the whatever. Uh, what's it called, whatever department that had to deal with that, and they'd stamp, you know, put whatever the equivalent of a digital rubber stamp on it, right? Anyways, this group would actually invoice these companies for software services or cloud hosting or, uh, you know, maybe just, oh, development of software or something like that, and they would invoice Google for, you know, $200,000 or something like that. Oh and of course, Google, this is a drop in the bucket for their money. Uh, this is, and they, you know, charge Amazon for 700 or something, $700,000, even millions sometimes. And they do this periodically. And yeah, it took a long while for uh, those types of companies to figure out that they were charging them just for nothing. Because <laughs> the bills looked just like the legitimate ones. And they even had a company that they were laundering all this to. Anyways, that's at much a, 
a much bigger level, and you know, I'm not okay. saying anything about your listeners, but more than likely, they're not in the invoice department of Google or Facebook or something like that. Well, you never know. But uh, yeah, anyways, it is. It can happen on a smaller scale. I just thought that that was so interesting that these people were like, you know what, we're just gonna charge them for nothing and see if they pay it, and they did. They, they stole it. millions. I just thought that was interesting. Well, is it? Are you stealing if they give it to you? <laughs> you willingly give them the money. Yeah, I know that was the thing. They, they invoiced them, and then hey, they listen, I bring that up because the bank, like, if you if a scammer calls you and you willingly give him or her your information, the bank's going to say, "Hey, you only gave it to him. We're not going to reimburse you. That's on you." Yeah, yeah. Well, some of them are getting better about that, especially with uh, senior scams where people target older. Uh, customers. Well, that's why they do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. no one's backing you up, which is a shame. Yeah, fraud departments are a little bit more advanced now, but still, you're right. It it has. It happened. just happened last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay, so, and and I just want to emphasize how your credit cards are getting in the hands of these bad bad actors in the first place. For one, phishing. That's a big one. Yep. You know you. Uh, handle your number. A lot of people don't realize too uh, breaches and stuff like that. It's yeah, you know, hey, this company was breached, and then these emails go public, and all this type of stuff, and then scammers just say, "Oh, thanks for the you know free email list." Thank you very much. We appreciate you clicking on suspicious links is another one. Please watch that. If the link looks suspicious, do not click on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, hey, you know, it's one of those easier said than done. It's true. Easier but... said than done. But look, if you see like a lot of fun looking numbers and, and a capital and small letters. It's kind no, of, no. You know, I mean, legitimate links have look a lot at, of... Look at that. I mean, I'm talking about legitimate links. We're just talking about, hey, just, just start being a little bit more... Uh, vigilant about what is out there. This is just me, and uh, I know a lot of people follow this rule. I, it may even have an actual name. I notice whenever I see something that elicits a strong emotion, right? Whenever I see something that elicits a strong emotion or is supposed to elicit a strong emotion from me, it might be a political campaign that, that you know somebody doesn't like or that you don't like, and they'll say, sign a petition to get this person uh, investigated or something like that, or they'll say, "Oh yeah, you just want a million dollars, you know, click this link, right, hey. uh, or something like that, or you just want an iPhone or whatever, right?" Or even you've been, things you've been randomly selected mm-hmm. for even this new iPhone. You may be scrolling on Twitter and it's like, "Oh yeah, check out this this thing that this high profile political official said. You'll never believe it." Or, you know, something that's really, really, really out of character for someone. Yeah, it, it's likely in order to elicit a strong emotion out of you and say, oh, man, that's really cool. I'll click. Or, oh, man, I hate that. Let me find out more. And, yeah, the strong emotion clicks are typically... Next thing you know, they've got your information. It's that quick. Now, I will say this. What they do with the algorithms and everything, they find out what you like to do. And they'll use that as an opportunity to get you to click on the bad stuff. Yeah, Twitter's known for rage clicks <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but what? Uh, is anyone angry on Twitter? Huh? You know, Twitter. Twitter's the most peaceful place I've ever seen. So mild mannered. Twitter.com. I've never seen a bad thing on it. The last time that you were here, uh, we talked about TikTok and potentially banning TikTok. Uh, oh yeah, didn't I say they wouldn't ban TikTok? You said that, and then I think a couple days later, some of the states came out and banned TikTok on government. Phones. Devices, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense in my opinion. 
So, well, and the reason I'm bringing it up today is because here here recently the White House backed legislation, I think about a dozen senators, um, to give more life to it, to back, to um, block TikTok again. So here we are on, on the federal letter uh, level. So they were concerned about the Chinese getting information. Mm-hmm. What say you? Is anything going to happen or is it just for... What, what say I about Chinese getting information or or the banning of TikTok or if it's going to happen? What, what exactly? Well, just to kind of review, you know, the it's owned by ByteDance. So ByteDance owns that and right. they've got your information. She's by more than 100 million Americans. So there it is sitting on that server so they can get what information they want about you. Right, yeah. So, you know, so some members in our government are kind of concerned about that. They're like, oh, because China is not exactly our friends. Some may debate that, but hey, come on, let, let's be real. Let's let's kind of live a little and understand that China is not our friend. So if they're not our friend, why would you give all that information to them, right? Right. Best friend becomes your best, your worst enemy, right? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they're looking at. Maybe uh, the ability, ability to impose restrictions uh, for TikTok and, and maybe some other technologies that are coming out of China. But that's what they're looking at at this point. But my point is... Will anything come out of that on the legislative level? No. (laughs) (laughs) The short answer is no. The shortest answer I can give you is no. And I don't know if I'm doubling or tripling down on this now, but yeah, uh, no. So, again, again, I, I will say this once, I'll say it a million times. No, TikTok is... TikTok is no more, does nothing more than... Uh, Microsoft Office, or oh, let's stick with uh, what's it called? Social media apps. Let's stick with social media apps. TikTok does nothing more than Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit. Insert more social media here, right? It, it does nothing more than Twitter does. The actual app, or you know, the data that they collect. The only difference is that. A lot of the social media that I just mentioned, your your Instagram, your Facebook, LinkedIn, tw- uh, Twitter, Reddit, etc., that is owned by the USA. So the data that these com- uh, that these companies are, are grabbing goes to the U.S. government. However, TikTok being owned by ByteDance, that same data goes to China because ByteDance operates out of China, right? So again, so we can we could trust Facebook and Google, Twitter. <laughs> um, to do the right thing with our information? Come on now. When have they ever failed us? Cambridge Analytica. But <laughs> so But that's beside the point. Yeah, but but anyways, it, it's operating out of China. That's the only difference, right? That is the only difference. Uh what's it called? Twitter and LinkedIn. Again, they they can pull Would it be fair to say that that is a significant difference? significant different sure yes they can pull your your clipboard data they can pull your contacts they can grab your uh, phone calls and see read through your text messages with those apps they again they can all do that the only difference is that by dance uh created tiktok and it's from china right that's the only difference i want to be clear with everyone it's not it, as far as most people know tiktok is not some kind of you know, engineered for spying or anything. The only difference is it's going to China, right? Now, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. If they ban TikTok, which they won't, 
that means that they would have to ban every single Chinese app, right? That means that I'm pretty sure Genshin Impact, one of the, uh, I think that was Game of the Year, which is pretty popular in America. If it's Game, Game of the Year, I believe it's fair to say. Exactly. It's pretty popular. Uh, yeah, so Genshin Impact, uh, they would have to... Uh, ban uh, Huawei technology, uh, Huawei phones and Huawei laptops and stuff like oh, wait, that. That's that, a big one. That now, hardware. I will say this. Now, that's one of what you're describing is trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube sort of situation. They won't ban TikTok. There's a second tier to this, too. And if you look at how TikTok is being used by the American public versus what's being used over in China, uh, the algorithms, how they use it. Uh, there over there is more of an educational type base yes. app. Mm-hmm. Where here, it's safe to say, it is not. That's been proven, yeah. So yeah, and, and that's that's kind of what they're looking at too. Is kind of like how you um, steer people in the direction that you want to go right. was was another concern. But as we said last time, we'll you know we'll kind of see what happens with that on a state level. They did do some banning. We'll see what they do on the on the on the federal level. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, it's an entertainment app for Americans. And again, entertainment isn't bad or anything. Uh, Again, I have sadly tangentially seen some of the things on TikTok. Personally, I don't use it, uh, but I have seen some of the things on TikTok. It is a really weird form of social media. Like a lot of weird things get popular on there quickly. Uh, but well, you know, like I said, the, the algorithm can um, can steer people. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm pretty sure this conversation will come up again. I do want to speak with you about an item that has been um, discussed, and I, I, I discussed at the top uh, of the show here, and that's uh, Chat GPT. Okay. And you know, there's some changes that are happening very rapidly. It's only been around since November, but yet um, we see artwork being done. Um, well, Chat GPT can't draw. But by this type of thing, or or I should say AI, excuse me. Okay, okay. Okay, let's say AI. Okay, so just AI AI in general. In general, right. Well, that's a big Um, area, but yeah. So, yeah, so I guess what I'm getting at is um, the the technology being able to run items that wasn't run before. uh, And the chat GPT, where it can write speeches for you or maybe do some homework. Um, that sort of item. But the reason I'm bringing it up today on this show is I wanted to ask you how effective that technology can be in the hands of hackers. Oh, that's actually a really... That question hits home, right? Just because uh, me being a hacker, I, of course, had to look at ChatGPT. And I will just say, there's a lot of different uh, angles to the question. I'm pretty sure you're asking how are... How are threat actors, criminals, using ChatGPT, right? Is, is that what you mean? Or are you just... Because, I mean, I use ChatGPT. I'm a hacker. My guess is the criminals would find ChatGPT quite enticing. Let me put it this way. I'm a hacker, just not a criminal hacker. I do it professionally. And I found ChatGPT to be fairly helpful in some, situa- some situations. It's not perfect. It is, it is far from perfect. However... 
I have not only used it myself for some of uh, helping brainstorm some work and debug some things as well, but I've also seen a lot of content on Twitter and on YouTube of people literally side-by-side -side developing exploits. Uh, one of my favorite videos of showing ChatGPT's capabilities is a, a Live Overflow video. Uh, he's a YouTuber, Live Overflow, out of Germany. He's one of my favorite hackers, but... Uh, Basically, he creates a Minecraft hack. He mods the game. He uh, mods Minecraft with allow making you a, making the player allowed to fly. And he uses ChatGPT and he asks first, "Hey, could you make a Minecraft hack for me?" It works for about seven seconds and then it gets caught. After he gets caught, he gets kicked out. And then over the next 30 minutes in the video, he goes back and forth saying, hey, I think I got caught for this reason. How can we improve this code, right? And so he's basically using ChatGPT as his co-pilot, right? It's not doing the work for him, but he's also not spoon-feeding it, you know, nearly even... But it sounds like, a, sounds like a partnership. Yeah, it, it almost is, really, though. It, it's revolutionized some of my work, to be honest. Uh, but overall, so my point is, if it's helping me this much, ChatGPT is okay at code. Uh, some basic versions and some basic problems and stuff like that, it can solve in most languages. But once you get into really, really high-level uh, programming and stuff like that, and really, really things that you need deep knowledge for, ChatGPT does make some errors, which you would expect it to. It's not made for coding. Listen, it's made for chatting. You know, so. just like I say about anything of this uh, level, AI... ChatGPT, the technology will improve. Well, yeah, but you're asking me about it today, and right? You're right. So anything that that's happening now, any type of glitches, I'm sure they're going to get those worked out. They are. So, so my point is, if it's so useful for me, if it's so useful for cybersecurity professionals on the right side of the law, it's just as useful for the criminals. I'm sure some criminal wanted to attack some infrastructure. They didn't know what to do, and they said, "Hey, ChatGPT's out right now. I have an account, and account's free." Uh, well, at least mine was when I made it. I don't. I know they're changing to a paid model soon, actually, so that may not be true anymore. I but, gotta love capitalism. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, OpenAI does have a really great product, so I'm, I'm not surprised. But, uh, point is, though, there, there will be more like this coming out soon as well, some ripoffs and stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, and, again, there are also try to be uh, AI that is made specifically to code, made specifically to hack, right? If I had the uh, prowess, I would try to make that myself. Uh, just that way I'd be able to bounce things off of, you know, some kind of uh, hacking-focused AI, and I'm sure that'll come out soon. Uh, there are but, people right now, as we speak, working on improvements to the oh, program. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, trying to join the team. <laughs> so, <laughs> but really, though, so, you know, I'm sure a criminal, the thing about cybersecurity, right, is that all the information is public knowledge. Everything that I know about a computer you know, isn't there's no legal bound and it says, hey, you have to be proven a good guy to learn this. You know, bad guys have Google, right? Bad guys have, uh, they have Google. Bad guys have access to programming languages. Bad guys have access to operating systems that lean themselves towards offensive capabilities. Bad guys have access to everything I do, right? And so, you know, AI, yes, it does, uh, it does revolutionize this whole cybersecurity landscape in the moment, but at the same time, both sides have it. It's still equal. You see what I mean? So uh, 
Yes, it probably would aid a criminal in whatever activities that they're trying to do to break into some kind of system and cause harm, but it also aids me on the defensive side. It also aids blue teamers on, hey, I'm trying to figure out this problem and I can't quite figure it out. And they may use ChatGPT or whatever AI is popular at the time because more will come up, right? And they're going to use you know AI to solve the problems that these threat actors are creating. So yes, it probably would help both sides. That's the thing. We can't just look at the bad side. You see what I mean? Oh yeah, well, you know, you're gonna look at both sides because why? Yeah. Because the criminals are going to have their take on it, and they're going to do what criminals do. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're criminals. Shadow, if people want to find you, get more information, how does that happen? Oh, for sure. Uh, so I've got a whole bunch of social media pages and things like that. I think my, uh, yeah, everything is going to be under S Shadow. Uh, so it's shat- the word shadow with an extra S at the front, and the zero is a, uh, the O is a zero. <laughs> Uh, and on Twitter, that's two underscores after it. But yeah, anywhere you see that little pound or hashtag or Octothorpe, whatever you call it, that's green, that's my account and that is me. Thank you for having me on. You know what? It's always a pleasure to have you. Oh man, I always love looking towards the future with you. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at BreakingBread101. That's break, the letter N as in November, bread 101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread Podcast. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, breakingbread.biz. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Breaking Bread 101. Give us a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. Until next time.